0: What's going on guys, it's Danny from Fancy Stock Exchange here and today I'll be going through my top week seven start sits at the wide receiver position where I break down every single wide receiver matchup, who I would start, who I would sit and ultimately who's a viable flex option for this week if you guys are new to the channel the parameters of this video are as follows a star would indicate a player i have top 24 level confidence in aka wide receiver one or two a flex would be a player and you know that wide receiver three four top 40 range at wide receiver and a sit would be anyone currently outside of my top 40 rankings and in this video i'm also going to be breaking down the relevant wide receiver cornerback matchup and potential game script we can expect so you guys can be best informed to make those wide receiver start sit decisions in week seven for fantasy football let's try to get this video to over 400 likes so if you enjoy, please leave a like down below and help us on our road to 20,000 subscribers by hitting that subscribe button if you enjoy the content. Also, of course, leave a comment down below on your top start sit decisions, and I'll try to get to as many as possible. But before we get into the video, as always, appreciate you guys. We're going to hit the intro. All right, before I get into the game-by-game analysis, here's the overall matchup chart, a chart that is based now solely on this year's data. We have enough data collected. We understand basically the strength of defenses at this point. So we're going to be using the aggregate from the first six weeks of the season. You guys can see on the screen some of the easier matchups per se would be Brandon Cooks going up against the Raiders, CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup against the Detroit Lions, Michael Pittman against the Tennessee Titans, and on the inverse, the hardest matchups of the week figure to be those Jets wide receivers going up against a tough, stout Denver defense, Amon or St. Brown. DJ Chark going up against a stout Cowboys defense and Atlanta going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. So definitely something to monitor when you're making those decisions ultimately in your lineups. But before we get into the game by game analysis, here are also the projected week seven shadow matchups according to PFF's Ian Hardit. So you guys can see Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans is projected to be shadowed by Panthers cornerback Dante Jackson. Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase going up against AJ Terrell. Drake London going up against Chidobi Awuzier. The Cowboys' two wide receivers with CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup projected on, on Jeffrey Akuda and Amani Oruari, respectively. Devontae Adams projected to be shadowed by Derek Stingley. And then finally, Deontay Johnson is projected to be shadowed by Xavier Howard on Sunday night football. And of course, the bye week teams of week seven are going to be the Buffalo Bills, Minnesota Vikings, Philadelphia Eagles, and Los Angeles Rams. So for those of you that have, you know, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Cooper Cup, you're going to be needing to find a replacement option this week in week seven. But let's start off with the Thursday night football game. Tonight's game, you guys should be watching this on Thursday at about 2, 3 p.m. Tonight's game is going. To be the Saints going on the road to play the Arizona Cardinals. Cardinals are two point home favorites, 44 and a half over under set in this game, with the Sharps on the under at an 80% clip. And on the Saints side, with Jarvis Landry and Michael Thomas both being rolled out, Chris Olave is set to be the only healthy of the trio in this game, therefore making him a must start option, in my opinion. He's been dominant this year thus far in his rookie season, totaling a 25.8% target share. Absolutely ludicrous total for the first round pick. As long as he's healthy for this game, he is going to be a locked and loaded top 24 wide receiver two option for me this week going up against a Cardinals defense that has really struggled to start the season on the Cardinals side I think you can flex both DeAndre Hopkins and Rondale Moore Hopkins obviously making his long-awaited season debut in a game where to be honest Arizona was desperate Arizona needs DeAndre Hopkins back on the field two and four record the offense has been very volatile to start the season and of course as we know when DeAndre Hopkins has been healthy in the past he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL we haven't really seen him play like his typical self since 2020 even last year he wasn't commanding the similar target like he was in 2020. However, talent is still clearly there. Once he shakes off some rust and he gets reacclimated to this Arizona offense, I do expect him to re-enter that top 24 on a week-to-week basis. I also think Rondale Moore, again, is a flexible type of option this week. 18% 18% target share, 21% target share, and 26% target share in the last three weeks, respectively. I think he's the clear-cut second option in this offense. You guys can see all those graphics on the screen. Next matchup, starting the 1 p.m. slate, we have the Giants on the road to play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are three-point home favorites in this game. 42 point set over-under with the Sharps on the under at a 57% clip. And it's pretty simple on the Giants' side you are not starting a single Giants wide receiver. No single Giants wide receiver has entered my top 40 in my rankings. The the closest one would be Wandale Robinson, rookie wide receiver, but until he earns a more consistent row participation, he would not enter my lineup. So therefore, until that happens, the the Giants wide receiver core from a fantasy perspective is ultimately gonna be a wasteland. On the Jag side, I think you can start Christian Kirk as a mid to low end wide receiver too. The usage, as you guys can see, has been great. And while the production in the last few weeks has really tailored off, the usage hasn't. It's a guy who's commanded 23% of the targets on the season for this team. And you see games with 22%, 41%, 32% in the recent sample size. So not worrying about Christian Kirk just yet. I do think he re-enters that wide receiver two territory. And if he doesn't, he'd he'd become an extremely valuable by low option going into week eight. Zay Jones, I think is a fine option, but he just missed out on my top 40. He's a clear number two in this offense. But I do have some question marks as to how the Jags offense going up against a tough Giants defense with a low set over under is going to be able to support two wide receiver options on this week. So. So I would start Christian Kirk low and wide receiver too. I wouldn't start any other receiver in this Jags offense. Next matchup, we have the Falcon traveling on the road to play Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals are six point home favorites, 47 and a half set over under. So a big set over under with the sharps hammering the over at a 97% clip. And again, it's another simple one on the Bengals side. You are clearly starting both Chase and Higgins as top 24 options this week. As we know, both are studs and must-start options every week. Until they show otherwise, until, you know, one gets hurt or banged up or is dealing with anything, they are going to be weekly top 15 wide receivers. So don't sugarcoat it. Don't overthink it put those two studs into your lineup. I also think Tyler Boyd is a decent flex option this week. Obviously, the bye weeks are stacking up amongst the stud wide receivers in the NFL in fantasy football. But with Tyler Boyd, we want access to the Bengals offense. And despite a low seasonal target share, Boyd has shown in the past that he can deliver in these type of spots, especially in high scoring affairs. On the Falcon side, I think the only Falcon worth being in your lineup as a start would be Drake London. You guys can see the absolute dominance he's had amongst this wide receiver core. 32% season target share for the rookie in a matchup where we can see an uptick from their average 22 pass attempts per game i do think that his floor is extremely high i think his floor is like seven eight targets in this game we expect this falcons offense to be able to pick up where they left off this past week and drake london has to be the key focal point to be able to do so next matchup we have the packers traveling on the road to play the washington commanders washington is a five and a half point home underdog in this game 41 and a half set over under with the sharps hammering the under at a 90 percent clip Commander side, I think you can flex both Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel. Target shares in the past few weeks have been relatively similar. And given the offensive volume, they've basically just traded off performances for the most part. Again, none are set and forget top 24 level options on a week to week basis. But this Washington receiving core as a whole presents a very volatile range of outcomes on a weekly basis. Obviously, upside case being, you know, a top 10 level finish on the week. But because of the volatility, I can't personally rank either of them in my top 24 in any given week. The talent there would be for Terry McLaurin to re-enter that status. But until he stops getting out targeted by Curtis Samuel, you're going to be a flex for me. Another worry for these other two wide receivers is that Jahan Dotson expected to be returning to practice this week. If he consistently practices throughout the week, that should mean that he would be ready to go for Sunday. And of course, if he plays Sunday, adding another talented young rookie wide receiver to this core is going to take a little bit of pie from the other two. So I am a little bit worried about potential volume, but of course, any of these three wide receivers on Washington can pop off in any single game. I do think on the flip side from the Packers receiving core that you can flex Alan Lazard and Romeo Dubs. They've basically been identical from a season involvement standpoint with Alan Lazard turning it on recently, 26% target share, 20% target share, and 20% target share in the last three weeks. But both present that upside case. You, you want pieces attached to Aaron Rodgers and either has the upside. I would slightly prefer Romeo Dubs than Alan Lazard because we kind of know what Alan Lazard is. There's still the upside case that maybe Romeo Dubs is a more talented player, but both are fine you know wide receiver 30 to 35 level options this week next matchup we do have the buccaneers traveling on the road to play the interdivisional rival carolina panthers carolina is an 11 point home underdog in this game 40 and a half set over under with the sharps on the under at a 70 percent clip on the tampa side you are starting both of their stud two wide receivers with evans and godwin and you're sitting any single other Bucs wide receiver Both of these players, as we know, are the driving force of the Tampa Bay offense. When the Bucs, of course, are at their best, they're thriving through Mike Evans. They're thriving through Chris Godwin. I have top 15 level confidence in each to be able to perform this week against Carolina. On the Carolina side, I think you can flex DJ Moore. Carolina has run a slow-paced, low-scoring, inconsistent offense that really has flagged DJ Moore despite the 23% seasonal target share. However, I just can't sit a player that's that involved in their own offense. We're plugging him in. We're hoping the situation doesn't flag him. But if he keeps putting up some dead performances, I don't mind labeling him as a sit. But until then, wide receiver 3-4 type uh, low-end flex option, I think, would be the appropriate title when it comes to DJ Moore. Very disappointing if you took him in the third, fourth round of your fantasy drafts. He has been very volatile, to say the least, this year. Next matchup, we do have the Lions traveling on the road to play my beloved Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is a seven-point home favorite in this game, 49 set over-under, with the Sharps on the under at a 66% rate. In this game on the Cowboys side, I think you can start CeeDee Lamb with top five level confidence. As we've seen this past year, Lamb holds a 33% seasonal target share and is the clear alpha of the Dallas receiving core. However, I do also think that you can flex Michael Gallup. He's demanded 33% of the targets and 21% of the targets in each of the last two weeks, operating as that team's main boundary vertical threat. And obviously, as we know, With the return of Dak Prescott to this offense, we expect them to be able to capitalize down the field much more than what Cooper Rush was able to do. So adding Dak Prescott, adding that vertical element back to the offense, I think Michael Gallup can be viewed as a top 30 to 35 level wide receiver with more upside moving forward. Dak Prescott unlocks a huge portion of this offense that was missed with Cooper Rush as the starter. On the Lions side, I think you can start a Monarch St. Brown with top 15-ish level confidence. He's consistently gobbled up targets this year. And obviously in that high set, 49-point over-under in this game, we expect him to be able to command a ton of volume. Detroit being a seven-point road underdog in this game, we expect him to be operating from a positive pass game script you know, 40, 45, maybe even 50 passing attempts from the Lions. I do think the Cowboys get up early and often this game, which is obviously great for a player like Amon or St. Brown who commands the volume that he does. I do think that Josh Reynolds is a fine option. He barely missed out on my top 40. But if he keeps up this consistent target share that he's shown these last few weeks with ARSB at full health, I think he'll deserve a spot in the top 40 moving forward. So he misses out for now. I would sit him for now. But I do think moving forward, if he does perform and he does exceed expectations yet again, he could be a constant in these rankings. Next matchup, we do have the Colt traveling on the road to play the Tennessee Titans. Again, another interdivisional matchup. Tennessee is a two and a half point home favorite, 42 and a half set over under with the sharps on the over at a 53% clip in this game. I do think on the Titans side that you can't start a single wide receiver from this team. Their leading wide receiver right now, Robert Woods, has only averaged 5.6 targets per game. This is low volume. Bad offense with no consistent wide receiver producer. So until Traylon Brooks gets back, I don't think any single Titans wide receiver can enter your lineup for the time being. On the cold side, I think you can obviously start Michael Pittman. We've seen this year elite targets here. And to be honest, has performed like that alpha stud wide receiver that we thought was in his range of outcomes going into the year. But I also do think that Alec Pierce is a flexible option in this game. Performed well recently and has consistently won down the field when the Colts have needed a big play. We're obviously seeing the re-emergence from this Colts passing offense. I think it could support a second option after Michael Pittman. And Alec Pierce is the rookie wide receiver that is going to be able to capitalize on that rule. Next matchup, we do have the Browns traveling on the road to play the Ravens. Again, another interdivisional game. Baltimore's a six and a half point home favorite in this game. 45 and a half set over under, but the Sharps on the over at a 65% clip. Starting with the Browns, Amari Cooper needs to be considered a start, given that 28% seasonal target share. And with Amari Cooper, we've never seen him demand the type of volume that he's had. I do think that once Deshaun Watson gets back, he can enter that top 15 range at the wide receiver position, given this elite target share he has shown to start the season. Donovan Peoples-Jones has performed like the clear wide receiver two on this team, and while he misses out on my top 40, I do think he's someone to watch moving forward. If he keeps stringing together this level of volume that he's shown in the past few weeks, Donovan Peoples-Jones can be considered a fringe wide receiver four option and flex play on a week-to-week basis. On the Ravens side, I think you can flex Rashad Bateman, assuming he plays. Usage wasn't quite great, to say the least, when he was healthy, but... As soon as he's ready to get to a full allotment of snats, I do think Rashad Bateman could be a top twenty-five wide receiver on a week-to-week basis. But until then, he's going to be in that wide receiver thirty to thirty-five range in my rankings. Moving on to the four PM game, we do have the Jets on the road to play the Broncos. As I'm recording this, the line is not currently up. You should be seeing it edited into the video, but. 38.5 over under, sharps on the under at an 86% clip. And in this game, another simple one for me on the Jets side, I don't think you can start any single wide receiver due to, again, extremely low passing volume with Zach Wilson under center, combined with the flat target shares we've seen really across the board recently. You guys can see the graphic. But recently with this Jets wide receiver core, 15% seasonal target share, 14% seasonal target share, and 22% seasonal target share. So if I were to prefer one option, it would clearly bear Garrett Wilson. But with the low passing volume the way it's been, I don't really want to put any in my lineup as a top 40 wide receiver until I see Zach Wilson take that stride, until I see that Jets passing offense as a whole, take the stride. If I had to choose a receiver out of this core, I'd clearly prefer Garrett Wilson as he has by far the highest target share of the bunch. But with this matchup against a Broncos defense that is rated as the toughest matchup on the matchup chart, you guys would have saw at the beginning of the video and have shut down again, many stud wide receivers that they played already this season. I don't want to put any of these Jets wide receivers in my lineup. On the Broncos side, I think you can start Cortland Sutton and flex Jerry Judy. We have seen that Cortland Sutton has assumed that number one alpha wide receiver for the Denver Broncos this year. 25.9% target share when it comes to Cortland Sutton. And he's performed extremely well on that target share. So I'll have to take my L. Cortland Sutton I do think is a top 20 level wide receiver moving forward. But I also think that Judy is worth a play in your flex. 21.4% target rate on the season, despite battling some injuries in the early portion. He's an every week top 30 type of wide receiver in my rankings. And once we see that offense take the next step, I do think he can have an ascension to become a top 24 level wide receiver. So Colin Sutton, mid-range wide receiver to the clear number one receiver on this team. But Jerry Judy could be nipping at his heels if he continues the level of performance from a target volume standpoint, like he has in the past few weeks. Next matchup, we have the Texans on the road to play the Las Vegas Raiders. Vegas is a seven point home favorite in this game. 45 and set over under, but the Sharps on the over at a 77% clip. So the Sharps are clearly expecting this to be higher scoring than the listed over under. I do think on the Texan side, you could start Brandon Cook. 26% seasonal target share and faces against the easiest wide receiver matchup. According to the aggregate, you guys would have saw at the beginning of the video. He is inside my top 24 wide receivers on the week. Nico Collins was close to making my top 40, but again, barely missed out on my rankings, therefore labeling him as a sit. On the Raiders side, obviously Adams is entering your lineup as a top five wide receiver, 31.6% seasonal target share for arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL. Do not overthink Devontae Adams this week into your fantasy lineups. Next matchup, we do have the Seahawks traveling on the road to play the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are six and a half point home favorites in this game. 51 points set over under, but the Sharps on the over at a 65% clip. So clearly the Sharps are expecting this to be an absolute barn burner of a game. So as a result, let's keep this very quick. You are starting all four of these stud wide receivers in this game, assuming Keenan Allen is healthy, with DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Mike Williams, and Keenan Allen all being in my top 24 for this week. I kind of made reference, but this is by far the highest over-under of the entire slate. And with the volatility of each on the defensive standpoint, I do expect some fireworks to be had in this game. And there's a chance that not all of them pay off as there always is, but sticking to your process, starting great players and juicy matchups is always a good plan. So if you have DK, if you have Tyler Lockett, if you have Mike Williams, if you have Keenan Allen, Plug them into your top two wide receivers. They are set it and forget it options for me this week in this matchup, expecting a lot of points to be scored. Next matchup, we do have the Chiefs traveling on the road to play the San Francisco 49ers. Niners are three point home underdogs in this game. 48 and a half set over under with the sharps on the over at a 56% clip. 49ers side, I'm obviously starting Debo Samuel. 27% seasonal target share and has averaged over 15 PPR points per game. He's an every-week wide receiver two, in my opinion, although that may be a slight disappointment for those of you that drafted him in the second round of your fantasy draft. I don't think he has that mid-range wide receiver one ceiling that we were craving entering the year. However, I think he could be a high-end wide receiver two rest of the season in my rankings. I'd also feel comfortable starting Brandon Ayuk. Again, I kind of mentioned, but this is a high over-under set game. Considering how strong that 49ers defense is, the fact that this is a 48.5 set over-under and the 49ers are three-point home underdogs, Vegas expects that Chiefs offense to be able to put up points on the other end, which as a result is going to force the 49ers to run from a positive game script from a passing perspective. And when it comes to Brandon Ayuk, we've seen him command 22% of the team targets this year. And of course, if you guys had him in your lineups this past week, phenomenal game this past week. So with Brandon Ayuk, I'm trusting him to be a, you know, top 20 to 25 level option this week, just making my top 24 rankings. And with Brandon Ayuk, he'd typically be in that high end wide receiver three range for me. But of course, due to the bye week, he does crack my top 24 this week. So starting with a wide receiver two level confidence, high scoring affair, good game script, positively affecting Brandon Ayuk for this game. On the Chiefs side, I really just think it's pretty ugly across the board. This has really been a true wide receiver by community indicated by the seasonal target shares that you guys see on the screen. But Juju is still leading the charge. I consider him a low Low-end wide receiver three, high-end wide receiver four, barely cracking my top 40. He is a flex for me. I want access to this game, and despite his lack of talent, as I've kind of cited, Juju has still been able to lead this wide receiver core, of course, in target share on a week-to-week basis. I don't think any single other Chiefs wide receiver touches your lineup, but I am eyeing to see the potential uptick in usage for Sky more, because I do think from a pure talent perspective, he could be the best wide receiver in this core. But until then, until he proves that he can command a consistent snap share, Juju is your main option with wide receiver three level expectation. And now we move on to the Sunday night football game. We have the Steelers traveling on the road to play Miami Dolphins. Dolphins are seven point home favorites in this game. 44 and a half set over under, with the sharps on the over at a 56% clip. And as always on the Dolphins side, start both of these two superstar wide receivers. Both command north of 23% of the targets on the season. Hill at a 30% target share with Jalen Waddle at a 23% target share. And as we know, they occupy one of the most concentrated target share offenses in the entire NFL. And if there's one thing that Miami and Mike McDaniel do a great job at, it's getting their playmakers, their touches. And these are two of the best, most explosive offensive players in the entire NFL. And the two best players on the team by a mile, in my opinion. Each are every week top 10 to 12 wide receiver options. Tyreek Hill being a top five level option. Jalen Waddell being a low-end wide receiver one, of course, given that should 7% discrepancy in their target shares. But I but I do think that each hold an extremely high weekly ceiling. They are never leaving my lineup other than bye week or potential injury. On the seller side, I think you can start Deontay Johnson and flex their other two wide receivers. We saw this past week that Johnson has reclaimed his status as the dominant wide receiver one on this team taking in 28% of the team targets on the season. The points will come as soon as that Steelers offense doesn't maintain as a total dumpster fire. And I won't consciously have a wide receiver demanding nearly 10 targets per game Outside of my wide receiver two range. So as a result, Deontay Johnson, low end wide receiver two, given the ineptitude of the offense. But the target share alone makes him well worth a top 24 level play, in my opinion. I think the other two are fine low end flexes, trading off big performances on a week to week basis. But I do think that both present upside worthy of your lineup, especially this week with how many wide receivers are on by. So Deontay Johnson, top 24 level play. Claypool and Pickens each being in that wide receiver 30 to 40 range, with me slightly preferring Pickens if you have to make that choice into your lineups. Final matchup of the slate, as always, Monday Night Football. We have the Bears traveling on the road to play the New England Patriots. Patriots are eight point home favorites in this game. 39.5 set over under, with the Sharps on the under at a 91% clip. So, Sharps are really expecting this to be a muddy, low scoring Monday night football game. Go figure. That's basically what we've seen all season. Another relatively brief one from a start state perspective, however, on the Patriots side, I think the one that you can clearly start is Jacoby Myers. He's a top 24 level wide receiver in my rankings. He has posted a 31.7% target rate when on the field, meaning that again, when he's fully healthy, he's running his full allotment of routes. He gets peppered with targets in this offense. I think it's time that we finally start viewing Jacoby Myers in the same frame that we do a guy like Deontay Johnson, a wide receiver 2-3 type that on a weekly basis, given his elite usage, has to be in your lineups. Obviously, if you guys got him in round 11, round 12, whatever he went in your draft, He's looking like a player that has paid off huge for your lineups. I do think that the other wide receivers in this core are too volatile to enter my lineup just yet, but I do want to monitor the status of Tyquan Thornton in the coming weeks. If he keeps performing like he did this past week, he will be a top 40 wide receiver in my rankings. On the bear side, you can flex Darnell Mooney as a low end option. Given the 28% season target share he's demanded with the Bears' slight uptick in passing volume that we've seen the past couple weeks, they've thrown the ball over 20 times in the past few weeks after a start to the season where they were averaging like fucking 12 passing attempts per game. It was a mess at the early portion, but we're starting to see the Bears' offense develop a passing nature to it comparative to what we saw early on. I think it's gross trusting a Bears player, but again, he's quietly picked it up. Still expecting low ceilings for everyone involved in this matchup. So he doesn't really have a high ceiling in my opinion. And I do expect that overall in this matchup, nobody realistically has a super high ceiling. I expect this to be an ugly, muddy Monday Night Football game, which the line would indicate. So you could start Jacoby Myers because of how dominant he's been and how good the Patriots has and how good the Patriots' offense has looked relative to expectations. But with Darnell Mooney, I wouldn't consider him anything other than a low-end flex play. But I appreciate you guys for making it to the end of this video. Of course, if you enjoyed, make sure you leave a like down below. I mentioned the like goal at the beginning of the video. But if we can get this to over 400 likes, we will appreciate you guys a ton. Subscribe to the channel as always. Just cracked 15,000 subscribers earlier this month. We want to get to 20,000 as soon as possible. And of course, leave your top start set comment down below. But until then, hopefully you guys have good luck in your matchups this week. I will be signing off. Take care. Why are you need the money?